Welcome to episode number 91. Today, I'm answering the question, how do you choose children's books? You are listening to the Simple Families Podcast, a Q&A style show that brings you solutions for living well with family. Here's your host, Danae Barahona. Hi there, Danae here. It's episode number 91. If you have a question for the Simple Families Podcast, you can leave that at simplefamilies.com forward slash ask. If you enjoy this episode and the Simple Families podcast in general, I would love for you to leave a review in iTunes that helps the show to reach more people. In today's episode, I'm taking a question from Elaine and she wrote, Hi, Janae. I love your podcast and blog. Can you please do a post or a podcast episode about classic books for kids at different ages? Maybe even showcase your family library. Thank you. Thanks for your question, Elaine. And I do love classic books, and we include many of them in our children's book collection. However, I am sometimes a little bit weary of choosing classic books for my kids without censoring them. I find that there's a lot of books from my childhood that I do enjoy and I want my kids to enjoy, but reading them through a new lens as a parent makes me question whether or not that I want my children to be exposed to those same messages. This comes into play in particular as it relates to gender roles and diversity. A lot of the classic children's stories leave a woman in need of a man to rescue her, and they have men playing sports and women sort of sitting on the sidelines. I think that when it comes to gender roles, the newer, more modern books are doing such a better job at balancing that and such a better job of teaching our boys that girls can do anything and teaching our girls that they themselves can do anything. I will say, though, it's not just classic books that do this. I, but my son was reading a book a couple of months ago and he was looking at all the pictures. It was different sports figures. And he asked me, why don't girls play sports? And I looked through the book and sure enough, there was not a single picture of a female playing a sport in the book. So I think that sometimes those things are subtle and we don't necessarily notice them, but our kids are noticing them. And that's starting to change and form their opinion of what gender roles are supposed to look like. And on a similar note, I think it's also important to be sure that we're exposing our children to literature that involves different races and different cultures. And most of my children's books have white kids, kids who look pretty similar to themselves. And I think it's important that we seek out and search books with kids who have different religions and who have different skin colors and different languages. And this just is such a good job of sort of transporting our kids across the world and to different areas that they might not have ever seen. And to really pique curiosity about people who are different from themselves. So the short of that is I really do love classic books for children, but I'm also sure to screen them and take a closer look at the words of the author and the illustrations to be sure that they align with the values of my family and the messages that I want my children to be getting. So I also want to share a few things that I look for in kids' books besides classic children's books. And this might be a bit of a random stream of consciousness, but I'm going to go for it anyways. So I really like books that show emotion. I like books that have characters who are going through hard times and going through things that are sad and characters that show anger and happiness and the whole gamut. I think that when we see characters work through these emotions, kids feel like they're not alone. They can see themselves in the characters as they experience the emotions and as they learn to cope with different environments and with different situations. These books can be a really powerful way to teach empathy to our children and to teach kindness. 
Somewhat on that note, I also like books that are a little bit scary. I have some classic fairy tale books for my kids, and we've read things like Hansel and Gretel. And sure, is it a little scary that the boy gets put into the oven? Yes. Uh, There's part of that that's fantasy, and young children aren't yet able to distinguish between fantasy and reality. But it starts a conversation. It starts this conversation about sometimes stories are real, and sometimes they're not, and sometimes they're symbolic, and sometimes they mean other things than they're really saying. As children get older, close to closer to the ages of seven, eight, nine, they start to have a better meter for distinguishing between fantasy and reality. And if we start this conversation very young, they can start to distinguish between the two. I also love books that are beautiful. I think that as a reader, I tend to focus a lot on the words and I don't notice the pictures as often, but having children has really slowed me down and has but refocused my energy into enjoying the pictures and the story that is told through the illustrations. And I really love books that are beautiful and books that have really nice illustrations now. And I have come to appreciate that as my children slow me down and bring my attention and call me back to that as we're going through a story. There are some really beautiful books out there that don't have any words at all. And I think those books are the ones that force us to be the most present with our kids when we are moving through a book and having to make up the words and make up the stories as we go. If you're anything like me and you're sort of a super multitasker, sometimes it's possible to read a whole book and have no idea what you read because your head was in a completely different place. But when you have a book without words and it's just the pictures, just the illustrations, you really tune in and connect better not only with a book but with your kids as well. I also love to find books that have a musical component to it. My son is really into music and we've found a couple really great orchestra and symphony books where you push a button and you hear the different instrument or you hear a different part of the piece of music. I think that that's really helped to tie together the stories and the words with the instruments. And generally speaking, I don't really like the books that you touch and they make noises if it's like car noises and that sort of thing. But when it comes to music, I think adding that musical piece to it really does make it come alive. And last but not least, I really like to find books that are relevant to our family and to our life right now. So when we moved cross country to outside of New York City this summer, I bought my children a New York book and they were able to anticipate some of the things that we would see in some of the sites in New York and it really made them excited and more connected to the experience. Another example of this is that we are planning a trip to Norway next month, and I bought my kids a Norwegian folktales book, and it's been a really fun way to start talking about the culture and start talking about the things that we're going to see and experience when we're there. So I love any time that we can use books to complement our real life and our everyday experiences. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I've hoped you've enjoyed these tips for choosing children's books. There are so many wonderful books out there. Classic books for children are fabulous, but there are so many other options too, and I think that our children can really benefit from having a variety. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to stay in touch with Simple Families, go to simplefamilies.com and click Get Started.